0: You know? or, just, or just hearing them out just by experiences of what they dealt with or dealing with. It's like, wow, you know, yeah. it's sad. It's really sad.
1: And it, all, it almost always stems from, all, almost, now there are some sections, I know some exceptions personally. It always stems from a man's problem. Either a man wasn't there to lead in the right mm-hmm. direction. Or a man is up in here messing something up and screwing and jacking up the house. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Something crazy like Mm -hmm. that. It's always one or the other. Guys, welcome to the DCJ Enterprises Far Above Average show. I'm here with my cousin, Jalen Webb. This is your host, as you know, David Cobbs Jr. You can follow me at David Cobbs Jr. and her at
0: Jalen Webb. Jalen
1: Webb. Um... You have to go to my website, jr. book me for speaking events, um, different things of that nature. You can check out my blogs, check out the upcoming books that I have coming out, the official handbook of power, the official handbook of charm, persuasion, and leadership. You can also check out the blog series from the website and various blogs I do, plus the infographics that I designed and put there to keep you going through your day and to help you with life. Um... So today we're going to be just talking about right now you hopped in on our conversation <laughs> about men and how men are the problem with the, today's society and how men are also the solution to it. You know, it's it's all the men's behavior because, you know, women can't force and make men do nothing. You know, anytime someone comes up from a messed up home, anytime a kid is just real crazy, out of line, acting, almost every time I can guarantee and have a man around Um Women can raise kids on their own, but if a woman don't have a man in the situation, chances are everything's gonna get real messed up. Do you need water or anything? I'm
0: good.
1: Okay, (laughs) just because I forgot to ask. So, because we was talking, everything. Let me know if you needed something. Anyways, all right. Uh, You got anything to say? That.
0: Um, I agree. Um, because it's, it's, we were talk as we were talking um, before we started the, the podcast. Uh, we were basically discussing just how it's the norm of today. Um, I remember not too long ago I went to a school and basically I was talking about my experience being um, being able to enter in my first year of college, and I happened to be at a middle school me and another friend of mine that grew up together and we were just talking about our experience in college and um, a young, a liter- literally, this young girl came up to me and, you know, she was hugging me and she just was sharing her experience as how, what she wanted to do with her career, what she wanted to do in her future. And I was just encouraging her to do the proper steps, go the extra mile, do what she needed to do with school, talk to her guidance counselor, um, to just push her through. And she just cried. And I literally, I sat down with her and this was around Christmas of my freshman year, like literally Christmas entering in my, like going into my second semester freshman year of of college. And um, we were talking, I was asking her why she was crying, And she explained to me that she, you know, grew up in a broken home. Her mom was raising her and, you know, she didn't have her father. And so it kind of, it broke my heart because I grew up in, in a single parent home. And, you know, I grew up in a single parent home. My mom and my father, they divorced when I was four. And um, to this day, I mean, I have a stepfather who has played that role of father to me ever since um the the divorce had ended, everything, you know, was done with. And my mom, you know, had met my stepfather um, and he's been that support figure to me. Um, but it felt like I was still missing something, you know? I was like I was missing this part you know, this part of me that I wish, you know, I had. Like why it felt like at that age it was like, am I you know, does he love me? Am I feeling like I'm loved type of thing? And I'm not saying that it's all the men's fault, but you know, we do need the men. We do need the men because they're supposed to be, you know. The leader, they're supposed to be the head, and without the man, it's like where's the support going to be at? Where's the
1: protection at? Where's too. the
0: protection, right? Where's the protection? And then, especially for young women, especially women like me, it's like you need. It, it's like they don't have a figure, or support figure to look at. It's like where do they look for when they go into a relationship? Who do they look to? Where do they run to? You know, they they. And my stepfather, I, I love him for telling me is he's like, I want you when you go into a when you go into a relationship, I want you to be able to find someone that is gonna love you like
1: I love you. Mm. Guys, women okay. <laughs> See, all right, it's to feel protected, loved, and adored is what women want. Those three right there. It's true. It's true. It is really true. You can't beat those three. You cannot beat them. You know, those things Those things are unmatched. But, yeah, like men have a huge effect. And I think one of the reasons why men quit out so much is because I, I, I guess if men don't feel like they are dominant or they're doing mm. a great job or their, like, role is good, they just quit out because mm. it's better It's better to not be here at all than to look to be like half a man or be humiliated or something like that. But in reality, listen, listen, in reality, if you are a man and you are having a hard time providing for your family, it ain't the fact that you're having a hard time. It's the fact that you ain't trying. If you try, you know, it ain't no God can bless you. You know, ain't no telling. Ain't no telling what type of opportunity. But the problem we got is men who just stop and quit. It ain't about the fact, like, for example, let's say if somebody just owns a business and their business is failing right now. Now, that's not good, but people are going to be impressed that this man is running his own business. The fact that you are doing something, this is impressive. So I think the reason why men walk off is because if men feel like they are any less of men, they just take off and run. Because like men, men want, okay, like men want respect and women want love. If you think any time a man fights is every time it's about a feeling of disrespect. You said something or you did something wrong. Either you disrespected me in some way. Any argument, anything that you get in, any quarrel you get into with anybody, is because you disrespected somebody in some Somebody disrespected somebody. But with women, whenever women fight, it's usually over men. Cause somebody's taking their love. Mm-hmm. It's, women usually don't fight unless it's behind the man, yeah. something that they love or something that's supposed yeah. to love them. So it's like, it's like men don't feel like they're gonna be respected if they are, if they ain't providing right thing, they, if they're not doing their thing, doing what they're supposed to be doing. And that's when the fight or flight comes in. Either I'm gonna fight this round and I'm gonna do better, or I'm gonna run off. It's mm-hmm. one or two things. And, he, and, and a man's going to do one or two, either he's going to fight and he's going to, you know, do better and go off, which most men don't have the tenacity and drive and ambition to do that. Or he's just going to sit there, you know, mm. and he's going to take off and he can't. He doesn't want to just sit there and just let his family, you know, suffer and stuff, because that's a that's a terrible feeling. As a matter of fact, I'm sure that what I'm saying is right, because. There are men, I know people whose fathers have left their lives, and then their fathers came back later and said, like reason why I wasn't there for you is because I just wasn't any good and it wasn't no need of me being there if everything's just going wrong and I'm here and I don't have control and power like it ain't no need of me even being here, and you just took off and left.
0: And I feel like part of that, like what you say you hit the little you hit the, the hammer on the nail for real. The I feel like part of that is the lack of communication. Where's the communication at? You just assuming, okay, because even though you said that this is how I'm feeling, I'm leave. But where's the communication at? It's like, okay, well, I feel like she's doing this, or or if at this point, because I'm not doing what I need to do, this person is still doing this part, and she's or my son or my daughter is getting all this affection, all this love, I need to leave. But well, where's the communication at what what just ups and calls you to just up and leave a family or you know a relationship and you're not communicating, but you're 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 basing everything that you're feeling off of an assumption and not making that communication with anybody. And I also feel like part of the reason as well, um, as we were talking earlier, is the the mentorship. There's not enough mentoring, whether it's, whether it's in, you know, just men in general or just in, just in entirety, there needs to be some type of, of mentoring so that people can understand, look, you need to keep going. You can, you can make it. You, you got to make it. You have a family, you have a child, you have a son, you have a daughter, and they're looking up to you. So if you don't have that communication and if you don't have some type of brotherhood, sisterhood, some type of, of mentorship or some type of person that just can push you on to, to say, hey, hey, my brother, look, you may have messed up, but but look, you have somebody that you can talk to. You have somebody that can encourage you. You have somebody that that knows
1: that you're gonna make it and believe
0: that you're gonna make it.
1: Yeah, you have to have people who will be behind you. Um if you're like if you're like climbing down a rope, if you're rappelling down a mountain, let's say you're hanging on to a rope, the lower you get on that rope, the more gravity is gonna weigh on you. What I mean is the more you start kind of giving up on yourself and falling back, the, the worse it's going to get for you. And that's exactly, see, men don't even start taking, I, you can't help but to take maybe a couple steps back, but don't, don't take too many steps back because you don't want to fall off the deep end and like it is totally about communication. And like I said, it ain't about failure. People fail all the time. I failed plenty of times. You know, I used to make, you know, I used to make certain products and, like, okay, I don't want to say certain products, so I'm going to say drugs. I'm a, I used to make colognes and perfumes, and I still got the chemical mixtures and everything and stuff I used to make it in my room. That failed, but I kept on, you know, I, I applied for a TEDx talk, and I didn't get it, but that's okay, because I started my own company, and I got paid <laughs> up to $100 an hour to speak, and have a speaking platform back at my school and everything, so... It's all good. You fail, you just get straight back up. You know, you just get straight back up and keep on going. You know, failure is not the end. It's just a comma. It's not a period. You know, the, the ball doesn't stop rolling. But you're you're gonna really feel sorry if, you know, if if if, if you you look like more of a man doing a terrible job of it, and you know, why wouldn't even failing. That's not even a terrible job. That's not even doing a terrible job. Only time you're doing a terrible job is just when you all out quit and stop now <laughs> when you give up is when you fail yeah but everybody's gonna have hang-ups and scripts. you know life ain't perfect you could just lose your job right now the house could burn down right now anything crazy could happen you know certain stuff just ain't in your control you know and only thing that matters is that you are trying your best you know people never really get mad i don't think anybody well some people do but that's a certain group most people Don't really have anything against people who who um, are failing, but they are trying so hard. You usually have sympathy for those people. You Mm -hmm. sympathize with them. But people who just all out quit and say, forget it, that's when you start to, you know, that's when you start to get hard towards people because you know you just stopped and quit instead of at least keep on trying. Cause it messes a when a, when like it, it no it, it messes a kid up because there's is stuff kids are supposed to learn from ages one to three, and when their daddy leaves, all they can think is, "I'm not worth sticking around with. I'm I'm not that hard to deal with. I'm not angry. I'm not all. This, I'm not worth being around." And you know, that's where you get you know the angry kids from. And anger is a secondary emotion. I spoke about this, actually. Um, I spoke publicly about this. Anger is a secondary emotion. So what that means is. Anger is covering up uh, the first feeling, for example, if I get humiliated and then I get angry, anger is just covering up the humiliation. So we have a lot of angry kids and they're not really angry. They just have sadness and hurt that they're covering up with anger because if I'm sad and I'm hurt and I show it, then that means that you know I'm vulnerable or I'm weak and this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. And like that's just so far from the truth. That's why we say anger is a secondary emotion. So anytime you get real angry at something, okay, sometimes, sometimes your anger is, you know. Like if if you about to get hurt and you get angry because you're literally about to get hurt, you know, that's that's totally different. But if it's just anger just because something in life ain't going your way or, you know, your dad left you or something like that, because it can really. And the, the problem is, is once a kid. Like, if a kid is so young, it's okay, like me, if my dad was to walk out of my life completely right now, it would be upsetting, but it won't be so damaging because, you know, I'm off in college. You know, I, I in just one summer, I wrote two books and started a company. So my ambition is through the root and I'm already so built up that it's only so bad that it's going to damage me. But if I'm a little kid, whenever you have a deep, when you have a childhood problem, it could take. That will yes. either it will either last for a lifetime, yeah. Either it's gonna last for a lifetime, or when you're 30 years old, the psychologist finally helps you, or you don't get help until everybody's gone out of your life. Then you, because my best friend's a psychologist and with two PhDs, and he tells me only time certain people will get help who are deeply, deeply troubled is when they lose everybody and have no choice. It's called bottoming out when you get so low that you can only do better. Like for example. If you went, through, if you got sentenced for twenty years in prison, if you get eighteen years in prison, that's still terrible, but that's just better. That's what bottoming out is. Wow. When you've gotten so low that you literally can't do anything but get better. The only anything else that happens to you is just good for you. Like for example, if you are homeless and have no place to stay, as far as homestead is concerned, even if somebody gives you a wooden down shack that's about to collapse in five days, that's that's better than where you were and that's bottoming out. It's where you have to pretty much accept uh, small things. So, we're about to dive off into the 610, okay? Um, we are getting ready to dive off into the next part thing I want to talk about which is called talent and success. Talk about success. Um So, when it comes to success, there are different degrees of success in different areas, you know? Here's my belief with hard work and with smart work, everybody can be great. When it comes to being an elite level, I'm talking about top half of the 1%. I'm talking about the top number three four five six seven eight nine ten in the whole entire world i'm talking about you know going massive exponential success on an elite level you have to have an a degree there is a certain level of initial talent and everybody has a high initial talent in somewhere in life you have to have an initial talent in some area like for example My cousin Jalen. If I were to play you Jalen singing and then play you somebody off the radio singing right now, if I were to do it right now, you would not either you would think she was the professional or you would have a you would not be like, oh, that's obviously not the professional. You would have a hard time figuring out who's the professional and who ain't. That is In the initial level of talent that I'm talking about, you know, um, when you can get in somewhere and you are just so good off the bat without any without much or any professional development, meaning you had you're really good at something and you and it's natural. You didn't have to work it up and spend five and eight hours practicing a day to get to get good at it. Now you might do that to get better. But it's different between doing working hard to get better and working hard to become good at something. In my book, the, um, oh, no, that's in the other book. I'm writing. Um, never mind, it's not in that book. <laughs> but um, when it comes to your gifts, the things you're gifted in life, you want to go where your gift, that and not where you're good at. Because your gift is what, you know, says gift means grace and grace is given freely. And so everything that we have is given by God. So what God gave you, what he's going to bless you through, it says your gift will make room for you. Mm-hmm. So acquired skill is just something you could be good at. But when it, when it comes to um, success, you just have to look at what area am I initially good at? Meaning, if you were to put me with some professionals, either I'll do just as good or better, or we would be in close proximity with each other, you know? So that's that's the one of the main facts you have to look at to determine what area you should climb success in. You can be successful wherever you want, but there's a certain level of success that some people want. Like if you want to be an elite world renowner, you have, there has to be, you have to check and see if you have the initial talent of an elite world renowned person, you know, because me, for example, me, I'm a good basketball player. I started off in high school um, during our games, but if I wanted to be an all-star, I would be the, and this would come through a lot of hard work, I could be, and a lot of mental hard work, I could be the all-star at the local community college, but that's after a tremendous amount of mental and physical work because everybody is meant, there are some positions that you are just not mentally built for. You're just not mentally built for it, and just it's just not your inclination. You know what I mean? Um, but when it comes to being an all-star in a basketball league like the NBA, I'm not going to be an all-star. Is it because I can't work hard enough to get there? It's like, no, I just don't have the mentality. Basketball doesn't just come to me like that. Now, when it comes to words, that's a whole different ball game. Um, When it comes to writing, that's a whole different... Any type of communication is a whole different ballgame. There have been times where I will go up in front of a place and speak publicly and blow the roof off. And the person who comes after me, everything is quiet the whole time. And I will spend zero to only 25 minutes rehearsing what I'm going to say. And I knew two weeks ahead of time I was going to speak there. 'Cause words just come to me naturally. I don't have to make a script or plan anything. It just happens. And that that's not the case for me in basketball. I'm not just gonna get the ball <laughs> and just throw out a bunch of crazy moves and do this spin around and then you embarrass everybody. <laughs> now I can I can do some crazy moves and I can go around you, but it's not gonna be like it's not gonna be well put together like that. What you gotta say about it? Um Yeah,
0: hit on what you were saying earlier, um working smarter and working harder. Um, I remember entering college. And by the way, I'm entering my junior year. Um, literally, I'll be leaving Friday to go back to school. Um, one thing that I've learned since freshman year, um, and I've always hold dear to me, um, what my professor, my, um, choral director, um, who's also my professor, has always told me time after time after time, um, at the time that I rehearsed for, you know, recitals and stuff. Work smarter and not harder. And when I I remember the first time he told me that. And at first I was kind of puzzled. I was like, what do you mean work smarter and not harder? You know? But once I, you know, started progressing within the music that I was singing, because for recitals I would be singing class from classical pieces to spirituals to sacred music. And some of the some of the, you know, you know, repertoire is rigorous, like, you have to learn different languages, you have to learn how to enunciate, and be on rhythm, and, you know, at the time, like I said, I graduated high school early, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, you know, the luckiest of kids to be able to have, um, you know, to endure a music program at the schools, because, of course, you know, we're low-funded, the schools are low-funded with programs, the arts, and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and so there were kids that were coming in just like me, who didn't know <laughs> what was going on. And so now, when I look at it, when it says work smarter and not harder, you work smarter within what you have. You don't sit here and 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 go in and and, and where it's painting you out, where you're feeling like okay, I like you, you want to give up when you're working harder, because when you're working harder, you're working. Tool. You're working yourself out. It's grinding, you need it right? So it's like you're working smarter to where you're using the materials or the people or the resources that you have to help you out. And once I figured that out, I was like, okay, this is what he means. Mm-hmm. And I literally set aside things that, um, kind of were not a distraction, but things that you know, in a way, like if I had like a, a let's say, at the school there was like a movie night or something like that. And I know I have a recital that's like a week and a half away. That movie that movie night, wait, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm going to the piano room and practice or I'm going to sit here and rehearse in my room or rehearse, you know, with somebody else that could critique me and we can critique each other and better each other, you know, in uh, the materials that we're learning. So working smarter rather than work, working harder. But I also feel like it's all in, you know, it's all in within you. If you're not willing to push yourself to the next level and you have the resources and the people to back you up, then it it really, it depends on you. You have the strength, you have the knowledge, you have the skills, you have the mindset. It's all within you. It's in you. You can do it, you know? And so really it's just pushing yourself to understand that you have something that everybody else are, you know, doesn't. You are you nobody else has a you nobody's a replica of you. You're unique no in yourself. What you have, yeah. yeah, no one has what you have. You know, you have to have what my cousin was saying, you, you that confidence within yourself to know, okay, I have this. This person doesn't have this. I'm different because I have this. I'm special because I know how to do this.
1: Um, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a specifics of what smart work looks like. Okay. I'm going to give you specifics (laughs) of what smart work looks like. All right. This is hard work versus smart. I'm going to use myself as an example. Okay. Hard work is I want somebody to come and I want somebody to help me promote something that I'm doing by sharing my stuff and reaching out to people. So I go on Instagram and I look up every motivational page. And I DM every single motivational page that I can find. Here's smart work. Call radio show hosts and ask them, can I buy advertisement? Not just buy the advertisement, but ask them, do you know anybody who I could connect with in this area? Because a radio show deals with so many businesses and Mm -hmm. so many people all the time. And they have people that are famous on their show. And then ask them who they know. See, with the Instagram thing, I'm going to spend hours type, texting to a motivational page that probably that just posts pictures that look pretty of a dude getting out, getting out of a big fancy house holding a briefcase full of money. <laughs> and it probably has nobody who is an actual business person. They just made it just for fun, just to make you feel good. You know, or I could go directly to some people who I know know businesses and know people and I could ask them, do you know anybody? And this has worked for me. It's worked wonderfully. Another example of smart work instead of hard work is if you know already that. um, In order to be successful, you got to have a lot of time to work hard, you got to play hard, you got to rest hard, you got to socialize, you got to strategize, you got to meditate, self-actualize, pray and work on yourself. You wake up earlier in the morning so you can do everything. That's another example of working smart and not hard. Another example of smart work, not hard work. Figure out what you – now, if you're in the startup phase of a company, you might not be able to or, – or whatever you're trying to do. You might not be able to do it because you don't, you don't really have people to work for you, but you want to find people who can do what you lack in. Like, if you're a visionary and you don't care about details, find somebody to fill in the gaps, you know. um do study and research of your field and when i say it i don't mean a basic level research i'm talking about this if you know that people are in charge of a certain thing you need to find out how those types of people um re- how they respond how they react for example if you're dealing with people who are high-ranking business people or politicians You need to figure out what types of personalities they have. And you need to do research and figure out how to deal with them and figure out how to talk to certain different types of people. Because anybody who I'll tell you right now, anybody who is a politician or is a high ranking business person, it is a good chance. I'm not making fun of anybody, but it's a good chance that their ego is bigger than yours. Because people who want I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. But people who want that degree of success, they have to have a certain um grand about the meaning mm-hmm. they they hold them, okay. yes, and they they hold themselves to a very, yeah. very high esteem and you know. They they, they, prob- they definitely probably have a strong ego. And so what you need to do is you need to figure out how those people act and people who behave like them or who you could see coming in their position, how they would act. If a young man says he wants to be a politician, I already know what to say to him, what not to say to him. I already know the type of stuff he likes to hear. I already know what he doesn't like to hear. I know what position he likes to feel like he's in. I, I know he likes to feel like he's dominant in this area, or he likes to feel like he can control this part of the conversation. I already know all these things about him because I know these types of people. I have a deep... I have... It's a gift. It's an extreme gift I have, and I've done research, but mainly I'm just so gifted at discernment, and I can just feel people's mm. spirits so strongly. I can feel spirits very strongly.
0: I think that's another thing, too. People you know, want to always you know, like you say, research, but also have a discernment, you know, um, I was, I, I'm grateful that God has placed friends um, within my life being at in college, and we pray for one another, we encourage one another, but also we are discern, we discern one another, so like, there there may be a conversation brought up about um, a positioning for, let's say, SAC, you know, Student Activities Council at our school, and um, right now I'm currently um serving under one of the one of the um boards under SAC right now. And at the time I was praying, I was like, Lord, you know, what do you want want to have me to do in this season, you know, going to going back to school junior year? You know, I don't have a, as many classes that I would normally have, but I want to be able to, you know, study, be able to meditate on you the first and foremost. But also like in my, my you know, time, my downtime, if I have downtime, Lord, like just what, you know, what would you want me to do on my campus, you know, with the students and, you know, just in in general. And so over the summer, I literally, well, not even over the summer, but going um, into my spring semester of school, um, I literally was, was fasting and praying, like never before, like fasting and praying. And This was, I want to say around March, March, April-ish. I started fast. I really started fasting, praying. I started, you know, I stopped using social media for a month. We did, um, it was a fast that my church was doing and I just gave up social media. I wasn't, you know, doing anything with social media. And I committed myself to my Bible, reading my Bible, just studying. And, you know, God just was speaking to me clearly. And, and, And what I've come to realize is God... He he doesn't have a big voice. Mm-hmm. He does not have a big voice, and sometimes when he speaks to us, he speaks to us through scripture. And I remember I was literally in my room, and I was this was when we came back home from um from school at this uh, spring break. So I mean not spring break, this spring semester. So this was going into summer sem- um summer break, summer semester for me because I was taking summer classes. But I was at home and. I was just going through the season of like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this Lord, I'm doing that. But what is, th- what is this that you're taking me through to bring me into this next level? What is it that you're, what you, when you bring me out of this, what do you expect for me to do? And so he placed it in my heart to start a group chat, um, for Brutney for students on campus that they'll be able to receive devotionals. Um, and, you know, just encouraging quotes, um, Word, just words of wisdom to keep them through the, the day or through, throughout the week because we have on our campus we do have campus ministries but you don't see them doing as much and i'm not you know downplaying them because they do great stuff on campus but i'm talking about to the extra mile like there's people outside of you know if we're having a monday night bible study outside of that they could be dealing with something totally different you yeah. know they they could be needing prayer. They could be needing some type of devotion to keep them through the day and be like, Okay, I got this. God's got me. You know, I can keep it. I can keep going. You know, yeah, and, you yeah. know. And so I started that I started to group me around the end of May, early June. I literally, um, uh, for those who follow me on Twitter, um, I think I gave them the wrong uh Twitter
1: uh Wait handle. But go ahead and um tell them a little. My Twitter. Yeah.
0: So, my Twitter is um capital J underscore M-E-K-A-Y-L-E underscore. So, for those of y'all that would like to follow me and just know, you know, what I'm about, just follow me on there. Also, on Instagram at I am Jalen, J-A-Y-L-E-N, M-E-K-A-Y-L-E. All, all of that's together, you know, not capitalized. So, do that. But, yeah, like I posted on my Twitter. I was like, you know, God is, you know, really laid this on my heart to start this group chat. And if anybody's that, if there's anybody interested, you know, I will put the link in the bio or the link in the, you know, under this, this uh, thread so that y'all can join. Because I really feel like, as my friend said, who is now our Miss 85th ECSU, um, she really believes that this is our time for rebuilding on our campus. And um, we literally had a, literally. I mean, we just had we had a revival. she planned a revival and everything. And I was under um her leadership with that, and we had a revival on our campus a Friday night. the first actually it was the first um day of February, and we had it, and God just shook up the place like mm. it was amazing. um and so she's a part of um the ministry as well with you know just being able to send out devotionals, um send out scriptures each and every day, um send out motivational videos. So that people know, like, there's somebody out here. Like, if you come back on campus, you can talk to this person, or like, if you need prayer, you can come to this person, or you can message this person. If you just, you know, you feel like that, doub- you feel yeah, down and out, yeah. you have that, that so you know, good. right? And so, I, I just glad that God has sent that to me. And right now, we have over 30 kids within this group chat. Darn, 30
1: that's kids. What I do, having a doggone group chat. I'll tell you Thirty kids,
0: knows. and just, just from obedience alone. Mm-hmm. From fasting and praying, and I remember going to church one Sunday. I was actually visiting a friend's church um, one Sunday, and the lady she she really she prophesied to me. She was saying, "You're going to be a voice for your your for your um your classmates on your campus once you go back to school." And tears just flowed because I was like, "So my work is not in vain, you know." The yeah, because
1: it, it was deep in you, yeah. Because you know? it's like the desires of your heart, thing, yeah. You know what I mean? That was deep.
0: Yeah, and so I was like. Now I see what, you know, God is trying to get, you know, the gift that he's given to me to be able to profess his word to the people on campus, because there's people dealing with so much, so much on our campus. So much.
1: Oh, man. I don't tell you. <laughs> no, because so you, you're telling the truth, man. Yeah. I mean, this is fire right here, what you got going I didn't even yeah, know that so part. Much. Yeah. That's dope right there. Yeah. Man, she about to go off. This is, I mean, listen, I mean, this is the thing. First of all, you got to understand something. Like, listen to her voice and the way she talks. Can't you tell she going to be so, can't you tell she can talk? I mean, it's just her voice. I mean, if you listen to the, see, some people just have a certain type of speaking voice where you know that they really, they can really, they can hit on it. They can hit on it when they talk. You have, you have a good sounding speaking voice and you have a lot of authority in your voice. You're a very dominant speaker and that's great. You are a passive female, but a dominant speaker. I mean, passive in the sense of, um, I can tell, like, in the sense of how you would be in a relationship with men. You are more of a passive or submissive female. And any guy you'd be able to probably be a dominant male. You're very, uh, like I said, you have a very dominant speaking voice. Uh, You're very... um, as a business person or anything, organization, I can already tell you're going to be the person who's like, you're, you're going to step forward. You're not going to be the person who we doing a group project and now everybody. Yeah. I'm a slack <laughs> just
0: going to sit back and y'all do that. No. Yeah, you're
1: like, right.
0: I'm going to put in the effort to make sure it's done. And and like I told um, my classmates within the the um, group, me group because it's in group me. Um, don't feel ashamed within this group chat. Yeah. You know, because if I see something, I'm going to address it or this person is going to be removed. If it's that type, if the, if it's that serious to where it's getting out of hand because that's not what the group chat is intended for, then it's going to be removed because that's not the energy. That's not the spirit that we want within the group chat. You know, because people you go to a doctor's office, you go to a hospital because you're sick and you're trying to get some form of, of prescription or something to make you feel better. You know, just like you go to the church. You go to the church to find healing. You try to, you know, you try, you want to be restored. That is your restoration. So we want this group chat to be a place of serenity and a safe heaven that people can come to and talk to people and get encouragement and get the word from. Because there there is a lot of people that are sick spiritually and don't have, you know, a place that they can go to for that guidance or for, you know, just a word of encouragement to push
1: them on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like I was saying, uh, <laughs> you, you're when it comes to organizing, like when it comes to like, you are a dominant person. And when I say the word passive, that's not bad. When I say passive in a relationship, my purpose for saying that is this. Any guy you meet is probably going to be a very well-established, very intelligent, very dominant person because – I can tell you're the type of person that'll be more passive or submissive in a relationship, meaning you wouldn't you're not gonna run the man. Right. You wouldn't run, and that's that's the perfect quality. Um, it won't be hard for a man to deal with the reason why that's so important is because a lot of women like you, who are dominant women, can have a and it studies show dominant women have a hard time finding good relationships because dominant women don't want passive men. You women won't go for men that right. are lower than them. And dominant men don't want to have a dominant woman because they're going to butt heads because you can't have two dominant people because both are going to take charge. But you are the, as far as many women I've talked to in terms of this, you are the most well, in terms of that you're the most well balanced female I've had. You are both submissive and passive. As one of my friends, um, one of my friends, Rachel, you're one of the most well balanced people in terms of air. You can be dominant everywhere. And with a man, you'll be submissive. So it'll be perfect combination, yeah. Um, but back to what she was saying about Jesus and how she would pray and fast with God. Okay, guys, I'm being so serious when I say this. Everybody's gonna be hard headed, and everybody's gonna mess up, everybody's gonna make mistakes, everybody's gonna say and do things they wish they ain't do, okay? but y'all, cause, and I'm just, cause some of y'all do it on purpose. Stop trying to have a little Jesus here and a little Jesus there. Cause you don't want to be, you know, eh. see, you don't understand anybody like this. See, you don't really know who God is. If that's how you're going to be towards God, you know, you want to just kind of have, I'm going to get my little bit of I'm going to get my little bit of Jesus here and my little bit of Jesus there and that's Guys, I'm killing a spider. Okay, it's good. But um yeah, you don't want to have, you know, I'm going to get my little bit of Jesus over here and I'm going to get my little bit of Jesus over here. And honestly, if God is the all-knowing, all-powerful, who do you think is missing out? Do you think God is missing out or do you think you're missing? only one only one you can miss out. I mean, you gotta understand this is God. God is in control and in charge of every little thing, meaning there could be a thousand people lined up to kill you. But if God wants you alive, nothing can happen. That, that's, that's just how powerful God is, you know. And so don't try to. I mean, this girl's fasting and praying and doing that stuff. And some of y'all going to be like, eh, isn't that a little bit too much? And no, yeah. that that's not too much. I, OK, I'll tell you what is too much. What's too much? Is if you jumping down up in the house screaming just cause some praise music on, you ain't even feeling nothing. You know, you ain't even feeling it. You just gonna jump up and down and scream for no good reason. See, that's just too much, you know, to be sitting in a room and have to go into like a meditative state, you know, and start praying right there and hold your hands up in a little Buddha position or something. See, stuff like that is just too much. Or thinking you have to read the Bible five times a day, you know, when don't overdo it. This is what I say. If you're, for any human being, I don't care if you what you are, you should be, there's cold, lukewarm, there's hot, and then there's really hot, and then I mean really hot to where it's going to burn you. Everybody should be hot and on the scale that I'm talking about. If you are really hot to the point that it burns you, there are some people who refuse refuse to even hug somebody of the opposite Mm -hmm. sex because they and their life is constricted and they live with tremendous stress because they won't do anything because they are so over the top with it. And you don't want to be so that it damages you. But don't hold back on Jesus. That's the point. Don't be (laughs) holding back on the Lord. You know, have a good relationship with God. Is there anything on your like mind or something recently that you wanted to talk about too? Um,
0: Just to add on on what you were saying, um like you you were saying, don't overdo it. You know, whatever it is that you want God to do. And like you were saying, people may look at it as, you know, you're doing the most or that's a little bit too much. Or how do you do that? It's all in how much you want it. How much do you want God to fix this situation? How much do you want God to bless you with this house, this car, a new job or to finish up schooling? How much do you want it? Because If you act in such a way that you want it as bad, you're going to fast. You're going to remove certain people out of your way that, you know, you know that they're not supposed to be in that specific place at that specific moment of your life.
1: Because if you if you want something bad enough, listen. All right. God's not going to bless you with something and you're just so ungrateful. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to make sacrifices and move stuff out of the way for it and, and make changes to yourself for it, then God is not going to bless you with certain things. That's the way you're going to behave. Like I said, like, don't hold back on Jesus. And I know you see some of these people who, and I'm going to just let you know right now, God did not design us to be able to live a life outside of him. If you do not have a relationship with him, A good one where you where you actually follow him. You are not gonna have a happy life. You are gonna bounce from one thing to the next. And you're just gonna keep on trying to find fulfillment and you will never be able to reach it. Just because, you know, it's we we're living with spirits, you know, and only God can operate on them levels, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Different things like that. And y'all just, you know. Like, don't don't mess around with Jesus. You know, You know God can work he's so not, many miracles. He's not a hand-me-out God.
0: Like, we always, we all feel like nowadays you look at it, people think God is a microwavable God. Like, oh God, if I pray for this, you're going to do this, I'm going to do that. And you never get to do what you promised God to do. You know, he is not a microwavable God. He is not a here or there God. You know? And so we must, number one, be obedient. We must be obedient because I've learned when you're disobedient, God is going to put you through a stage or a phase where he's going to deal with you being disobedient. He's going to bring you out of it. But there's a stage where you're, you know, you have to, you know, deal with your disobedience. But he's going to bring you out to understand this is why you went through that to get to where you are now, you know, because I mean, it's not cool to be disobedient. But God tells us things for a reason he, he gives us plans He gives us He gives us these these blessings for a reason, and at the end of the day it's for His purpose it's for his glory it's not of anything it's not of our glory of our own. it is his glory at the end of the day.
1: yeah, um what she said was right. <laughs> its just what she said was right. I can't um disagree with that. Uh, Being disobedient. And God, when he tells you what to do and what not to do, when he tells you to do something, it is for prosperity. It's prospering something. When he tells you not to do something, it is to keep, is to protect you from messing something up, hurting yourself or hurting somebody You know, it's to keep you from ruining things. So, yeah. But that's it for this podcast. Um, you guys know all my information. David, www.davidcobbsjr.com, you know, at David Cobbs Jr. Everything associated. The company name is DCJ Enterprises. <laughs> David Cobbs Jr. If you want, everything is my name. Everything is my name. This is Jalen Webb.
0: Hello, you guys. Um, you can uh, add me or follow me on Facebook at J A Y L E N W E B B B Jalen Webb. Um, also, like I said before, um, Twitter at Capital J. Underscore M E K A Y L E underscore and at Instagram at I am Jalen McHale. I hope this podcast blessed you.